What's going to be our intro today? You want to? I don't. I don't know. You want to sing? Let's just start it. Just okay. start the jingle. Go for it. Welcome to Not Another Baptist Podcast. Your podcast exploring church revitalization, church planting, and other Southern Baptist goodies for your ear holes. My name is Matt Hensley. I'm the pastor of Mayhill Baptist Church in Mayhill, New Mexico. I'm Kyle Bierman, pastor of First Baptist Church in Alamogordo, New Mexico. We're both pastors uh, serving in wonderful Come. churches. On wading through the waters <laughs> of revitalization, trying not to drown. Well, you have drowned on this intro. Yeah, exactly. Way to go! <laughs> but we are joined today by a dear friend of mine, mega church pastor, <laughs> the richest pastor I know, Michael. Dude, it's getting deep in here, man. <laughs> Michael Kreiner, tell us who you are, where you pastor, and fix all of the stuff that just came out of my mouth. Well. All that Matt has said, I'm, I'm rich in grace. How about that? Hey, rich in grace. Amen. Okay, Jesus juked you there. Uh, hey, I'm Michael Kreiner. I serve as senior pastor at First Baptist Church of Belleville, which is west of Houston and south of Bluebell. Amen. And uh, so we are grateful to be part of that church. We've been there almost six years and uh, love... Uh, other podcasts more than this one. Hey, we don't blame yeah, you. Us too. We can't blame yeah. you at all. Now tell me this. I mean, we've got to at least get the important stuff out of here first uh, because it's only going to go downhill from here. What is the best Bluebell flavor? The tried and true triple chocolate. Okay. Mm. Yeah, okay. try I disagree, true. but okay, yeah. that's fair enough. What about I'm, you? I'm, I'm a Christmas cookie fan Christmas around cookie. Christmas. I'm yeah. a, I'm a uh, cookie two-step that's, that's good. a good one. That's, that's a good one. Yeah. 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 It's good. Now I'm hungry. Oh, so man. let's go. Let's go. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's uh, May your coffee be as black as. Well, uh, so we are here at the SBC annual meeting, yeah. really the only uh, couple of days that the SBC truly exists as we come together for uh, business. And uh, we've talked about that on the podcast. And at this point, when this is going to air, all of that is going to be behind us. We will either have. Uh, J.D. Greer as our president or Ken Hemphill as our president. At this point, we are not prophets. Uh, I am a heretic. But that's about all we know. And uh, and so we all right, don't Michael, know. So, so Matt and I both made uh, predictions ahead of time. Yeah. So now this is going to air after this is all done. Give us your prediction, and then we'll we'll see if you're a prophet or not. Well, Matt and I've had this conversation. My prediction from from on from day one has been it's going to be between fifty to sixty percent for J.D. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Between that, that's we, a range. We both landed in that okay. in that as okay. well. So I would right. like to point out on this side of history uh, <laughs> that my one prediction was that the uh, Rangers were going to get swept by the oh. Houston Astros, <laughs> and I, I, I need to think back to that week. Uh, kind of jog my memory a little I, I, bit. Kyle, how, how, no did it, how did it work out? I have no recollection. You don't remember? No. Okay. No. okay. My it depends on your definition of is, I guess. I'm, I'm afraid you've misremembered. The misremembered? Way yeah, I, I think. I think we swept. I, I, I think you might have. Yeah. yeah. Well, how yeah. did that feel, Kyle? I, you know what? Um, I spent a whole lot of money to watch my Rangers fall apart. So. This is true. <laughs> and so he did not go to church on Sunday morning. No. Of, of all Sundays when he probably needed no. to, I, I heard what came out of his mouth <laughs> in the stands there. And uh, he really needed to be in church on Sunday, but he didn't go. And uh, instead, uh, he went to the uh, sixth floor museum yep. or ninth floor, yep. whatever yep. it's called there. Yep. Took uh, our kids to the, to the JFK museum oh, there. Wow. And, and how was that? Walked that? It was awesome. Yeah. Um, I highly recommend it if you've never been. Um, my kids, nine and 10, walked through, loved it. Um, kind of morbid experience, right? I mean, just because of, of what happened there, but 
just a cool piece of cool piece of American history. Yeah. And you know, there are very few places on the face of the earth that you can say what happened there changed the world. Mm -hmm. And and that's one that you can say it it changed the course of history. Awesome. So it's fun. And on, on this end, again, this is going to uh, air on Friday. This is Friday. Everything's behind us at this yep. point. And uh, we can now look forward and kind of go back to our normally scheduled nonsense. That's right. And uh, as we say, when we begin, we talk church planting, church re revitalization, and other Southern Baptist goodies. We've done a lot of Southern Baptist goodies over Lots the last couple of weeks. And, uh, and so I invited uh, Brother Michael Kreiner here, a dear friend of mine, great encourager, uh, truly a, a pastor to other pastors. And uh, so I'm grateful for his friendship, uh, but enough of blowing that kind of smoke in his direction. I want to hear what Michael has to say about church revitalization. Uh, in his context. So tell us first, you know, our listeners may not know who you are, future SBC president, as it may be. Uh, they might not know. So first, tell us about your wife, your kiddos, and, and then we'll move into the church. Yeah, so I married my college sweetheart, Abigail. She's from West Texas. Uh, so one of my first God's questions, country. God's country, one of my first questions to her was, do you like steak or chicken? She said steak, and I said, this is the one. <laughs> uh, so we have three uh, daughters, or I like to say three weddings. And uh, so uh, I've got an eight-year-old, a, a six-year-old, and a four-year-old who believes she's a teenager. Uh, so that's kind of our family. My wife has felt called to ministry, has been equipped and trained, and myself as well. I've worked with college students for the majority of my ministry career with uh, in Baylor, uh, with Baylor University, and of course they need Jesus a lot. Yep. <clears throat> and so worked with them at a church that was bigger than the city that I now live in. And uh, so we moved to Belleville about six years ago, uh, and it was, it's been a truly a, a revitalization. Amen. And uh, we, that's one of the things we dove right into um, in, in places that you might say aren't um, at, at what's the best way to put it? They're they're not places where you're going to necessarily uh, grow your your ministry. These aren't uh, lucrative right. spots. These are areas that people aren't necessarily flocking to, in some sense, maybe flocking from. Uh, so we we kind of dove into that, knowing that we were going into a difficult uh, journey for for his involved some debt. Uh, mine involved just an area uh, where, I mean, our, our family was pretty much the size of the population of the town, it seemed like. And so uh, different areas for, for us. Tell us a little bit about Belleville, maybe the challenges going into it that you were aware of, and then tell us what, what were the challenges that you discovered once you got there. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's sometimes what you're told going in yep. and then what you discover, yeah. uh, what, what you're able to tell us about those challenges. Yeah, so I think uh, going to Belleville, uh, there was just some uh, deep distrust in the pastor. Mm -hmm. Not because the previous pastor had done anything wrong, but they just had a series of pastors who had been there on a short-term notice. And so I'm the 36th pastor of the church. Uh, the church has been in existence for 160 years. Wow. Uh, and so they, the average past, pastor tenure is, is like 4.6 years. And so for me, immediately when I came in, it was, you're not going to be here long. We're not going to have to listen to what you say. And so for me, it was to take this uh, preach and pray, love and stay approach to be faithful in the pulpit, to not make any major decisions on the whim, but to pray through every major decision. And then to win as many people to Jesus. I know some people don't like that language, but well, 
it's in the Bible, yeah. um, to win as many people to Jesus as we could uh, so that we could see true revitalization take place. So that was one of the things that, that you I learned on the upfront, and I, I can't probably go into the details of what took place knowing right. that on the upfront, uh, but the vote was close, yeah. uh, if you will. Uh, you know, going into your first senior pastor role, you want everybody to love you, and I knew going in, not everybody loved me. Yeah. Uh, but that was actually healthy because it caused me then to pursue these people and love them and and do what I what I would tell my wife I'm going to outlove them, yeah. and uh, it wasn't to prove a point or to to be uh, to boast in that, but just to say I want to love them like Jesus loves me. I want to love them the way Jesus has modeled for me, and so that's the approach I took. Now in that. You know, uh, there's all these stories, and I'm completely joking here, but you, you open up the pastor's, the senior pastor's drawer and you expect to find like a knife or a letter uh, or a gun or something like that. But I, I found a letter from the stewardship chair that had made the comments, hey, don't spend any more money, money is tight. Now, I was under the impression, and maybe this was just my ignorance, uh, that finances were just fine, but they, were, they weren't bad, but they were tight. Uh, and so that was something I discovered early on. And so we had to really uh, begin to help, under, help our people understand what generosity looked like. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we've seen a total turnaround. I was, I, like I was sharing with you guys earlier, you know, the budget was like 564000 And now we're, we're out giving by over a million each year, which is just an incredible turnaround. Um, we've, because we've, I've been patient to preach faithfully from the pulpit, because I've been patient and not made any major decisions quickly, but through lots of prayer, because we've done everything we can. If we, for instance, if we started a new ministry, we started it with the sincere purpose of it reaching the lost. We didn't just start a new ministry for the sake of starting a ministry, but said, how can this minister to the lost? Because of that, we've seen the, the result of people coming to faith, our church growing, and uh, a church really being revitalized, to now being a place where uh, people from our whole county are driving 30 to 40 minutes mm -hmm. to want to be part of what God's doing in our church. Yeah. What was the biggest, what would you say was the biggest surprise coming in, that maybe the thing that you were not prepared for? Do you have any of those? Yeah, I think that... I think the biggest surprise was people that were my parents' age had a really hard time uh, accepting my leadership because of the sometimes the wildness of their own children. Yeah. So they saw me as one of their kids, right. and there was some pushback. But on the flip side, those that saw me as a grandchild, I got the most support from. They were supporting. They were coming in and encouraging, and they were coming in, coming in just and writing letters and giving us eggs and bringing us uh, extra oranges from their orchard. I mean, that kind of stuff from like the grandparents' age. Now, in days, in in recent days, really, it, it's this groundswell of support. And I think it goes back to faithfully preaching the word, yeah, being yeah. patient in making decisions, and then trying to win as many people as you can. And I think that's one of the hard things because I know Kyle pretty well, and I know you at least online. We've we've been able to yeah. visit a little more this this week, uh, but I, I think like we are probably a little more result oriented. We like to see the immediacy of yeah. some of the decisions we make, which I, I could be called impulsive, uh, certainly with. Uh, things that are purchased, you know, th things like that, that I, I like that immediate gratification. Right. And sometimes that's hard, especially in an established church, 120 years, yeah. 115, uh, 3,700, <laughs> whatever you just said a moment ago. <laughs> Our churches have been here a while and those ships have been sailing in a certain direction yeah. for a while. Uh, you know, y'all y'all went through some significant leadership issues before yeah. uh, you got there. You, you went through the short tenure side. Uh, mine had some longer 
tenure stuff going on, uh, but at the same time, uh, what what they had gone through was was long tenure, uh, but kind of the status quo uh, walking through. Yeah. And so you kind of come in and, and want to make some of those changes and see the results immediate, uh, when what you're uh, saying is what we've all I think come to understand is just be faithful yeah. in the day to day right. ministry. Kind of like what I learned with uh, you know Dr. Queen about just being available yeah. uh, on evangelism. You find those opportunities to yeah. to share the gospel. And right. Same thing with uh, ministry is just being available, being patient with yeah. it. Uh, you see what God can do with that daily plotting the soil. And this is the benefit of the previous pastor. To his credit, they had a hunger for the Word of God. Mm. They just all had it in their head. And then they were able to apply it. As I just came in just to give some motivation to apply what they already knew to be true, to apply it to the orthodoxy now to orthopraxy. Yeah. It's created a, a momentum of wave. And now this is the benefit of that. Even other denominational churches in our area have seen growth as a byproduct of our people leading out and yeah. just being Bible people. Yeah. So it's been a, a huge, a yeah. huge gift. Um, so Mark Clifton, who we've we've had on, and he's a, he's a good friend of our podcast. Um, he'll talk a lot about tactical patience in church revitalization. In other words, everything is not a hill to die on, right. and even some of those that are are not necessarily hills to die on yeah. right this moment. Yeah. Yeah. So, what would you say were what was maybe the hardest area for you to say, man, this needs to change? But but it's got to wait. Yeah. Like I can't I can't change this thing overnight. Was there any like any one thing that sticks out. Yeah, I would I would say uh, that's a great question. I love the phrase. Uh, I, it would be our Sunday night worship. Okay. Now, I know some are going back to it and love it and, and thrive on it. In our context, the, it was the same number of people. We'd invite people. We'd try different things. But I knew you, you can't shoot that dog right. day one right. or you're going to be shot. Yeah. So for us, uh, we allowed it to phase and then we launched a new initiative again to reach lost people with our small groups. And because we've done that, like even in our small group, there are people who do not know Jesus who come faithfully to small group, awesome. are exposing themselves, and even saying, "We don't know Jesus. We want it, but we're and we're we're witness, we're witnessing to them, sharing the gospel." But they're like, "We're not ready yet. We're not ready yeah. yet. And we're not going to pressure somebody into heaven." Sure. But we're we're just seeing this this play out to where our old people then are more more established excuse me established people to say not we, safe yeah <laughs> we get it yeah. yeah we understand why this matters and wow. um, so that's been one one element would just be our Sunday night uh, experience what we do with our people now one last question uh, brother uh, <clears throat> I, I can actually think of a few that should be the last question uh, but uh, let, let me do the first one here. You're a text-driven preacher, uh, taught twice at a Southwestern Theological Baptist Theological uh, Seminary. A, you know, I think you have text-driven preacher on your bicep tattooed for the rest of your life. But I, I heard a little whisper about a sermon that you have coming uh, down the uh, the pipe here. And you're struggling with it. Can you tell us about your struggle to be a text-driven preacher with uh, Psalm uh, 29? 29. Yeah. yeah. Tell tell us about that struggle. So Let, let's let's get transparent here, brother. Yeah. Okay. Your professors are listening. <laughs> yeah. Psalm 29 is is one of the most beautiful poems in all of the mm -hmm. Bible. It is a beautiful uh, passage. Now Kyle's going to bring yeah, it out. We're yeah, going to read I'm, it to close it out. out. <laughs> I think uh, the problem with Psalm 29, not that there's problems with the Bible, yeah. uh, but the, the, the struggle that I'm having is there is no application in the text. Yeah. There's no instruction in the text. 
It is strictly a praise to God. Mm -hmm. So in that, I'm struggling with how do I, how do I allow the text to, to shape my outline, to shape my, my illustration, to shape all that, and, and yet there's, there's nothing to apply to our yeah. people. They'll go, okay, that was wonderful. That was a, let's just pray. So for us, this come on this particular text, uh, which will not be promoted, uh, I hope, <laughs> on any of but, but what we're going to be doing is I'm going to be talking about what is worship. Mm -hmm. And I think this text does lay out for us some uh, examples of what God-honoring worship is, that God is the object, that His name is used. In these 11 verses, the Lord is the word the Lord is used 18 times, mm -hmm. the focus on who we're to be worshiping to. So we're going to be focusing on that rather than a more more my my, my wheelhouse, which is yeah. the text-driven approach. Now, now here's, he makes Lebanon skip like a calf. So that that is action-packed right there. I, I'm looking forward that, that to this exposition. That, that, I'm looking yes, forward to this. Absolutely. And, and speaking of the, the Bible, our... Uh, sponsor is the Christian it's Standard there. Bible, and we're grateful for that to be the official podcast of the Word of God and a, a translation <laughs> that aims to be both readable and accurate, and it blends that, I think, pretty well. And one of the scriptures there, uh, Psalm chapter 1, verse 3, says, He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams. Now, brother, give us an exposition for any trees that you might have at your house that may need to be planted behind those flowing waters. So the backstory is we, we've been in a home and it did not have any trees on our property. Some of our members graciously gave us some trees, but they, the, the roots were not uh, stable. <laughs> and it was not planted near a stream of flowing water. Uh, and so this, this particular live oak has decided to fall over multiple times. Oh, no. uh, and it's now been strapped down multiple times with several anchors. And, it is a little uh, tree that could. <laughs> it's, it's this poor tree. is it, The problem with the tree is that it's it's not by a stream. It's not by yeah. a stream. Right. I know. Right. I, I'm just trying to help you so, think through. So Hensley the heretic here thinks it's funny to have his children uh, come up and come ask, up and ask me how the, the ball came, how the tree's doing. This is true. And I walk away crying. Yeah, That's he funny. does. Well, welcome. Hey, well, not welcome. Hey, to, to, to thank him for joining us today. Michael gets a uh, not another bad. And everybody's going to wonder what laptop. Why are you doing this? And they can't <laughs> yeah, I know. see this. That's right. That's right. So thank but, you for listening no. to this train wreck. That, uh, that sticker will devalue anything you put it on. Put, so. put it on that tree. That, maybe that'll, <laughs> that'll, that'll, that'll make it stay. Thank you for listening to Not Another Baptist Podcast. You can check us out on Facebook at Not Another Baptist Podcast or on Twitter at NAB underscore podcast. You can visit us online at www.notanotherbaptistpodcast. Kyle, send us out. Hey, until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Thank you. I hope your tree makes it. We're willing. <laughs>